Welcome to Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. My name's Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who share their great ideas on our marketing platform, shareyourstories.online. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Ingrid Herbert, who's a happiness health speaker, coach, and author, who's gonna share with us a few tips on overcoming anxiety. Ingrid joins us today from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome. Hey, Trish. Yes. Nice being here. Happy to be here. <laughs> you know, I have to say, Ingrid, that your topic could not be more important given all of the sort of high state of stress and anxiety that we all seem to be dealing with at this point in time. So I'm going to ask you to share with us um, something that we can all do to try to overcome anxiety. How do we sort of bring the temperature of the room down? <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, the, the really quick fix I, I share um, with clients, it's the fact that our bodies are a stress relief tool. Mm -hmm. And so in the fact that we are able to have access to serotonin, dopamine, our endorphins, so a really easy, easy way to get there, to get out of the fight or flight because usually we're the, the the anxiety that we're feeling is something that feels uncomfortable we're overwhelmed right. we are flustered with our thoughts and our emotions so a quick way to do that is i say okay we have our our palms and we press the palms together real easy but we actually have to then activate it there has to be enough pressure that we're activating the reflex points and once that happens it triggers in the body the the release of the happy hormones the release of the serotonin and the endorphins so i call it happy hormones because the body starts to have the sensation a sensation that something good is happening even if nothing's changed right oh. even if nothing has changed so that's a quick one that i i say okay you the body is available to us all the time so you don't have a you can't use an excuse I couldn't get to my stress ball. I couldn't get to my, you know, to the yoga class. I, you have it right. You have it available with, with you all the time. And so the second one, I'll just share two. The second one is to think of the deep belly breathing. And deep belly breathing also gives the body an opportunity to get out of its fight or flight survival mode. And I think in terms of going all the way to the feet, the thinking of it is going all the way to the feet because when you're in that, when you're caught in that tightness and that tension, you're not necessarily thinking, Oh, my belly, I should breathe in. So if you just at least think of your feet feet, and you think of breathing, at least it's going to trigger the, the memory of, okay, I should breathe. I should catch I should at least inhale and exhale. Cause when we're in the, the panic and the anxiety, we tend to hold our breath. We tend to get really, the shoulders go up. We tend to tense, tense the body, right? So at least if we breathe, we can have the body responding without having to think of calming myself down. You don't have to think, oh, I should be relaxed now. That, that's not, it's not so easy to access when you're- yeah, It's too much to stressed. think about, right? <laughs> <laughs> too so many. True to think about yeah. too many things yeah. to think about so now, um yes 
Now, I know that you're also a Reiki master and a yoga instructor. And you know, what happens lots of times with folks in your uh, area of expertise is that you're sort of rounding out and you're bringing in all of the other sort of areas of expertise into one sort of platform. So I must admit, I the, the breathing is something that you probably have to tell your clients to do when you're doing Reiki. And it's certainly a re constant reminder when you're in yoga too. Absolutely, absolutely. I kind of I I like to say it. Um, I was giving a talk two days ago, and I was giving the example of an elite athlete. And with an elite athlete, they practice every day. They practice as if they're still trying to be discovered, right? Mm -hmm. So the practice of happiness is when we are feeling good, and we need to do that outside of. The moments of the anxiety, the overcoming, the the issue, the you know the meeting that you need to go to, the presentation that you're giving, or and you know that all of the nerves. We have to practice it outside of that. Mm -hmm. So even though I'll, I'll say to clients, you know, do the breathing. Do I want them to also practice it as if they are just learning how to do it. Like mm -hmm. have it some have it be something that every couple of seconds or a couple of minutes throughout the day, just breathe. Just just make sure that you're releasing the happy hormones. Make sure that the body is doing some activity that focuses on practicing feeling good. Right. So tell me, you know, you just mentioned that you uh, you did a, a talk. You were doing a speaking engagement. I'm going to assume that you were doing it virtual. Because um, yeah. we still seem to be in this sort of hybrid situation. So as a professional speaker, tell us a little bit about, I'm sure the viewing and listening audience are curious because, you know, how do you engage with the audience when we're doing it through sort of this flat screen where you can or cannot see people's faces to get their sort of engagement? Because, you know, I think as a speaker, you look for the smile, you look for the nodding of the head, you know, those kinds yes. of physical signs that give you an idea that you're connecting with your audience. So tell us a little yeah. bit about how now as a professional speaker, when you're doing it virtually, do you make that connection with the audience? Well, there's a tool that I, I, I teach called happy body language. So the connection first and foremost, it's us, the, the person, you know, we're presenting. Yes. And so the main thing, the happy body language for the audience as they're listening is the fact that the, um, we open the chest, we open the chest area. So there's that vulnerability. There's that acceptance. The shoulders are rolled back and down. That's from the yoga. <laughs> mm -hmm. But also the, the, the personal power right here in the, the solar plexus. And so the, the mirroring, I would say, mirroring how you portray yourself to then have hopefully an extension where it feels much more personable as opposed to being like this or right. even turned away or, right? So the first thing is the, the happy body language, but it's also our nonverbal body language. And that mm -hmm. is much more powerful, whether it's through virtual, whether it's on the phone, whether it's the, even if it's in person, the first thing for us to think about is what is the feeling of the nonverbal message that we're sending out into the world, right? Into the universe. Like everyone hears that first before they hear us speak. 
Right. You know, that's so true because, you know, when you're doing sales coaching and I'm sure like you, you know, we've, we've had a life prior to being an entrepreneur and we've all taken these courses on how to be the best that we can be. And one of the yeah. things that I always resonated with me was when they were saying, when you're doing sales calls over the phone, you know, you really do have to smile because people can hear, it sounds crazy, but they can hear you <laughs> smile, right? And so yeah. to your point about the, you know, the happy body language, that's a really wonderful phrase because I think that we forget, you know, to your point, sometimes when we're even participating in these calls, we're slumped in the chair and we're not really, you know, because, you know, we're tired or we're thinking about what we're our to-do list after we get off the call. And I think we forget that the people who are presenting to us, we're sending a message to them as well. Yes. Yes, yes. And we, you know, we get caught in our multitasking. It's like, I can listen to that, but I'm going to think about what's the, you know, my grocery list. And I, and as soon as you start doing something a little bit, as soon as your thought, I would say, goes somewhere else, the body language, if you're not conscious of it, starts to change, right? right. So you start to actually feel that the person has left the room, even though you see the head, right? <laughs> even though you're physically there. So tell us a little yeah. bit about, I mean, this is a really wonderful area of expertise for you. You know, when I was reading your bio on the share your stories website feature, you know, and it was talking about happiness and wellness and the fact that you're a coach and I know that we've all had, uh, you know, nobody's journey goes without bumps in the road. And so you shared a little bit with us um, in your story about how, you know, you're a single mom and you've had lots of responsibility and you needed to change. We need to change ourselves before we're actually going to make a difference in the world. So tell us a little bit about how you became a happiness coach, because I can't think of anything more amazing than <laughs> wanting to work with a happiness coach who doesn't need more happy in their life. I know, I know, I know. It, it, uh, I stumbled into it. I stumbled into it. I came from a place of really believing in, in health and in, in wellness in the sense that, um, you know, quick backstory or behind the, 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 the behind the scenes story, my grandmother at a really young age had, uh, told me that I had this gift of healing. And that kind of opened my awareness to you know, going beyond just the physical. And so that she introduced a lot of uh, herbs and trees and spirits and all sorts of, you know, so it, it made my world very, very large and wide from a, from a young age. I'm, I'm saying like eight or nine years old. And, but somewhere along the journey, I would say going through my teens, my twenties, my expectations, I, I realize that now the self-sabotage but it's because of my happiness was connected to the outcomes, right? And we learn this. This is behavior that we learn. If someone's happy, if someone, uh, you know, validates to tell us that we're doing really well, well, we feel good. If they tell us, well, you know, you know, you have your, the review your job or relationship and they're like, you're not very good at this. You're not. So we start to internalize that. We start to think that our happiness is connected to our results, to our outcomes. and it took me a while before I realized that just because I'm failing at something, meaning my standard of it didn't work out, doesn't mean that I don't deserve to still be happy. And that's one of the biggest messages I've been, I've been sharing in my peace, love and happiness group. I'm like, you need, you still deserve to be happy. 
even if you're struggling to get out of bed, even if you're struggling to get to work that day, or even if you're struggling with the relationship and you're struggling with your teenager and you're, you do not need to sacrifice your value and worth of happiness. So that was my big aha oh, light bulb. Moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So, yeah. You yeah. know, that's so now, now really, I'm like, yes. Oh, sorry. That's a really powerful <laughs> statement because, you know, I think we forget that we have a choice, right? We get, we get so bogged down in the feeling of failure that we forget that it's really a lesson learned, right? Like, exactly. because we make mistakes all the time. I mean, I, I don't venture to guess that if we, if we actually had to sit down and write down the things that we were found challenging in the day, there may be lots of silly things like, you know, you spilled the sugar on the counter today when you were making your coffee and, you know, that's not a really great way to start the day. So then you end up spiraling into this feeling uh, or this vortex of negativity, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, to your point, to, to be able to look at, uh, at a challenge with maybe taking a little spin and, and uh, turning it into something that making it, making light of it, you know, so, so that yes. you don't end up, um, you know, starting a day with something negative that happens and then the entire day is just a write off. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we, we think that's okay. We think that it's okay to take our valuable time and just trash it. I say, oh, right. you know, just forget about the day. Let, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And so that was part of my own motivation because I was also saying, you know, when I do this really well, because I was caught in a little bit of perfectionism, right. <laughs> when I do this really well, then I'm going to reward myself right. with, something that's going to make me feel happy. And I started realizing my son is growing up. I'm getting older. Okay. I, I was, something needs to change. Something right. needs to change. Right. Right. So well, that's a really wonderful statement. Now you mentioned that your grandmother told you that you had a gift. So yeah. we all have had people in our lives who have given us some positive reinforcement. And sometimes we call them mentors and sometimes not. So would you say that your grandmother was at, at a particular stage and age in your life one of your mentors? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yeah. Before, before I even realized what she was teaching me and became very conscious of the lessons that she was teaching me. Yes, absolutely. Very, very influential in, in that way. Yeah. You know, I think we forget, we sometimes forget that the people that come into our lives and the family members that, you know, nurture us along the way, that they actually probably see some things in us that we don't see in ourselves, right? Yeah. And, and thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, yeah. and I know they sometimes... Care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can it sure. can it can go uh, it can go against us and it can be for us. us. So yeah. Thankfully that was a, a very supportive insight that she gave. And um and I didn't I did not believe it for years, I have to say. I just she kept saying it and I just said, Mm-hmm, okay. She she turned you into a believer. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm going to tell exactly. you that this little thing about that you mentioned about squeezing your hands together um, yeah. to to release the sort of happiness hormones, um, you know, that's something that I'm going to use often because, you know, even if it's a little thing in life that you that you're feeling a little anxious about, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a full blown meltdown. It could be something, you know, really simple. And I exactly. think that that that's a really powerful tool because everybody has two hands. And we can yes. use those two hands for positive reinforcement, right? 
Exactly, exactly. That that was my thinking. I was thinking, you know, what are what are some easy, simple, simple. ways yes. that we don't yeah. have to we don't have to go looking for things. What's right. what's already within us, and and I like ease and convenience. So I'm I'm always promoting that the easy way to do it. There's an easy yes, way to sure. do it. For sure. Now, one yeah. of the things that we do in our guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice. And your three words of advice are just get happy. So tell yeah. us why you feel that that's so important for our viewing and listening audience. It's so important because uh, it's a little bit of what we had early, said earlier. It's the fact that we can, we, we do, we spill a little bit of sugar, we spill some milk and we just give up on the day we give up on ourselves. And I think that little reminder as a mantra to, you know, you're stuck in traffic and you're about to go into a bit of irritation and frustration, just get happy saves your moment. It, it salvages the moment. It salvages your day, possibly sometimes the week. It has the opportunity to, to just salvage and make sure that you remember, you know what, you deserve to be happy, regardless, regardless of what's happening, right? Well, I think that's a really wonderful way for us to end our conversation today. And I really want to thank you for sharing some really practical tools of how we can just overcome everyday stresses and anxiety. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, Ingrid. You're so welcome, Trish. Thanks for having me. <laughs> To our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us in this edition of Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, where we introduced you to the person behind the logo. And I'm sure, like me, you will use some of the wonderful tips that Ingrid has shared with us today in your everyday life. So thank you so much for joining us. And if you have a story to share, please visit shareyourstories.online. Thank you. Mm -hmm.